You recording? Yeah, man. Of course I'm recording. Okay. Go time. Ready to go. Yeah, Just yeah. Check it. <laughs> Welcome to episode. What episode are we on, Gummy? Man, let's go uh, episode five, season two. Episode five, season two. Let's yeah. do it. Pump up the jam, man. Yeah, Pump up the right, jam. Let's, 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 yeah. let's push it to the limit there. Oh, oh, okay, mm, okay, mm. okay. So we got a wonderful guest in the house today, Meseret Cohen. Welcome to the voice of the international community experience. Uh, we are looking forward to having all your wisdom in Cheers today's for discussion. Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. All the so wisdom. We are chatting. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> we're chatting self esteem versus uh, arrogance in this conversation today. So, what, what's the difference? How do we get to a, a level of self esteem that doesn't look like arrogance? But also, just how do you raise your esteem? If you're, if you were not blessed from birth, <laughs> wow, <laughs> straight in, <laughs> straight oh, in. Yeah, damn, no. <clears throat> so yeah, so we we got a panel here. Gome also happens to be a counselor, so he's uh, he can chat to that. Meseret, you seem to have a lot of confidence as you walk about the place and as you do all the things you do, the million things you do. So you can tell us how you got to that place. For me, I struggle with self-confidence, so I'm hoping to learn something from you guys. Just put us on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's what we're I'm here for. <laughs> You're going to be some learning, some I'll learnings you, coming the, out of this one today. The only thing I suffer from is high self-esteem. So <laughs> it's uh, it's. <laughs> so you're the extreme. I, yeah, the I'm the extreme. I'm, I'm on the other side, but uh, yeah, I can share my journey too. But uh, maybe yeah. Master should tell us a little bit about herself. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know you. It's the first time I've met you. Oh, really? It yeah. is. It actually is. So, yeah. Who, um, who are you? My name is Maseret. So a lot of people actually call me Masi because, you know, how Aussies like to just shorten everything. Yes. Um, so if I don't respond to Maseret, just know that is the reason. <laughs> You've been <laughs> Aussified. my name. I'm Aussified. Um, so I basically I do retail management at Rip Curl at the airport by day. Um, I have an organisation called Life After Adoption as well. And Amazing. I work with inter-country adoptees through a peer support group, life coaching, um, and just building the community up. So that's what I do outside of that. And occasionally I also go into schools and speak um, on topics of resilience, um, social justice. I'm very passionate about those things. Jesus because Christ. it's been like Black my lives journey. Matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it white lives matter? I don't know. I'm What's easing going on into stuff? it. <laughs> oh, wow. But um, yeah, that's a bit about me. I grew up in um, Ethiopia mostly and then um, migrated at, at 14 years old down to Dunsborough, Bustleton, WA um, and been in Perth since um, after high school. Well, nice. So why the passion? Where, where does that passion come from? The passion for the work that I do on the site. Mm. Um, it is my story, really. Uh, I've got a documentary called The Walk that was released last year. Okay. Um, and What's it called? Won the Walk, like walking. Walk, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, it's won some awards um, at Cannes Film Festival as well and it's really taken it's won off. Won awards. So, um, yeah, yeah, but the main thing though I want to say is the reason that I did it is because I wanted to... Um, I guess show people what's like for an intercountry adoptee who doesn't speak the language and so on, uh, coming into a family um, that's pretty much white Australian. So, um, and literally thirty five minutes, I just share my journey with you, or with anyone, and then also to give space for adoptees um, to tell their story. Mm. So you're adopted. I am adopted. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So I'm adopted from Ethiopia along with two sisters and one brother i forgot <laughs> no but that, like, how many <laughs> so yeah my parents took four of us brilliant because mm. you know at least you you came through with like siblings so you before you learn the language you can still communicate with somebody and and try and figure it out all together it still would be challenging but imagine if you just landed by yourself yeah i can't i can't imagine yeah that would that would be that would be so tough absolutely um yeah gome where you at with this self-esteem? What's the story? How are you feeling? Self-esteem, not very good today. <laughs> <laughs> the esteem is very low today. 
Oh, man. I don't know what you fed me yesterday. You had a big night, huh? Yeah, something like that. You could say that. (laughs) You guys stayed up, hey? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I left him. I knew I had things to do. I left him. So it looks like he's coming straight from there from last night. Yeah, I'm um, still tipsy from last night. (laughs) Um, Self-esteem. So what exactly are we talking about? Um, I'm a bit unsure. You're unsure? Yes. Okay. Lay, lay the foundation. So the foundation is, especially in the public, now, when we come from Africa, we have a certain level of esteem built by family, community, culture, everyone around you. And especially even for the women, they get hit on night and day on the streets, in the shops, in the ward, everywhere. So they have a level of esteem that they come with and they feel, which I find is not very prevalent in this society here. So our level of esteem that we get from our upbringing and our association sometimes can translate to be arrogance in this community or in this country. So okay. mm-hmm. I'm, I'm speaking on that. Mm-hmm. But then there's another level where within the community because of the different levels of hierarchy and where you, where you grew up, what school you went to in certain countries and all that stuff, there is uh, a boundary or a border in the discussion or in the, in the relationships that you have. And some people are... Um, more blessed than others. Yes. <laughs> and more, more arrogant than others because of they went to a certain school or they grew up with money or they did all of that. So there's that level of... Of, but how do we separate that from getting lumped in to one? If you have self-esteem, you have a plan, you want to do stuff, how does that, how can we trans, do separate those individuals from the ones that are just arrogant and um, cause a lot of commotion? So. Do you have anyone in mind? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely gone there. <laughs> I think when, no. I, when I think of self-esteem, it, it's more like how you feel about yourself instantly. That's what comes to my mind. Yeah. Like, how do you feel about yourself? And then there's also how you translate that into the community that we're in. Yeah. Um, because arrogance can be a good thing, but it can also be a mask. Oh, yeah. So... How do we really feel about ourselves, really? That's true. I think it, it could be a self-preservation mechanism, I guess, mm. to keep people away from you or keep people from knowing exactly what's going on in your life, yeah. which I don't know. Well, which one do you have, Gomez? Probably a bit of both. <laughs> You've got a bit of both? i got a bit of both. Mm. I Look, I think... The first question I have is, do we need to make that distinction? Does it really matter? Does it it matter whether I am extremely self-confident or arrogant? Yes, because perception is reality in our community. So if we're talking, we're talking community and also talking your association with uh, it within the environment that we're in. Right, so mm-hmm. it could be a workplace, it could be social functions, it could be whatever it is, but so we need to distinguish. But we also need to let the listeners know exactly how we got to this stage from where we came from and what, what happens over there that, that will bring us to that level and where we see the gap here in terms of, okay, when we look at people and they've, they've got anxiety or they've got social anxiety and they've got different things and you're like, okay, Maybe if this happened to you or you felt that level of community, it wouldn't feel that way. Mm. I don't know. I mean, you grew up in, in an environment that's totally different from when yeah. you were 14. Yeah. So I guess you, could, you, you possibly could give us an in, some insight on what that environment is yeah. like. Um, I think the environment for me, it's like completely being removed from my culture definitely affected my self-esteem. Yeah. Because when I migrated at 14, you know, you're very self-conscious and like yeah. you want to fit in with your peer. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the language or the cultural like understanding, it's yeah. very hard. So my way of dealing with it at the time was like really keeping quiet, like not really um, 
Say much. Say much. Yeah. I just like took it in. I was like a really good listener, yeah. <laughs> you know. You're making so, up like, for it I now. So, though, right? Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> kind of like turn the table, really. <laughs> Make five years yeah. worth. Yeah. Um, so I think definitely changing my environment affected mm-hmm. a lot of it because a lot of the things that built me up, like you said, the community, family, culture, that was kind of stripped away. Yeah. And I had to really rebuild from that um and that takes us into identity i think which i know for me is like such a complicated and find really fascinating like who are you yeah uh, when you're mixed or taken out of your environment or you're not belonging so um see i find that interesting very because because my identity is based on my tribe mm. so I, I could be anywhere but i'm i'm none of those things it's not the environment or the land I'm in. It's where I came from. So yes, but there will be at some point, though, a uh, new generation coming in that they don't feel as connected to the, the land and the tribe. That's true. But that's them. So that's the struggle <laughs> that they've got to have, right? So for me, I'm like, I know where I'm from. Like my Everything I do, my dad told me this when I was a kid, that I can do all things because of where I'm from. Mm. So I... It, even though when I was a kid, I struggled with understanding that concept. As I got older, I started to get bolder and bolder in the things I did. I didn't understand why, but then eventually it just kind of connected. and It was like, oh, okay, it's because I'm Goni. So my tribe, you know, we have a, a saying that says we, we, we can climb trees with our hands in our pockets, which is... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who said that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. But that's it, like the propaganda we were It's funny given. though, like I think as Africans, like our heritage means so much Yeah. Um, to us. Like I, I'm Ethiopian and we very much pry on, like we're very um, proud people, I think, yeah. of where we come from. And, you know, the fact that we're not colonized is just a mark of who we are. Yeah, um, oh, yeah, all right. You know, yeah, see? You know it's just that's like, I mean, we just like, we just love it. Yeah. Um, we messed up the Italians. <laughs> yeah, they, they were there, they tried. They tried. <laughs> but I think that, that contrib- our history definitely contributes into our self esteem. But really, I think at the end of the day, I really do think self esteem is like how you feel about yourself. And mm. which that can be changed and modified. Um, but there's also people that are like super arrogant, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a high self-esteem. <laughs> That's true. I, I don't know. What's I think, your thoughts? Yeah. For Especially with guys. I find <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we go. I find that there's... Um, really? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I think from, for... In, in, I'll speak for myself because, I, like I said, I think if we if we include identity in that, for me, I was always fed that I could do those things. And then the examples I saw, my brothers doing things, and I fell in the same thing. So my dad was always a go-getter. My brothers became go-getters, and then I did the same thing. So it's it's kind of... And it, it, it goes even... I think my early dating life was the same, but... Well, here yeah. we go. No, I, I, opening up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I struggled a little bit in the beginning because um, I just my brothers did too much, so they'll probably hate me for saying this, but they did too much when I was young. So I, I was like, I don't know if I can match their levels. So it was kind of competition. So I was, I was really struggling. And I remember my first girlfriend at uh, in primary school. I was so excited because they used to tease me at home. They, they'd be like, yo, when are you going to get a girlfriend? When are you getting... So I got my girl and I told them to come. We in pri- I was in primary school. So I told them I had a girlfriend. They came at lunchtime to come and see her. And they said to me, First, they didn't say anything when she was there. When she left, they laughed at me and they asked me if I, if I chatted her up in the duck. So... So <laughs> that's got to be wow. No, that scarred me for a little bit. But then, you know, like anything, you just kind of grow up and you, you, you it, it clicked for me. And the early part. <laughs> <laughs> Did you chatter up in the dark? I know. Ooh. My brothers are ruthless. Primary school? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So, so that okay. then reflected into, it moved into... Um, I hope I'm not talking too much, but it moved into... Oh, no, this is good. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. See, it it moved into um, I I went after the girls that everybody else thought was because I couldn't trust my own judgment. Right. Yeah. So I went after those girls that were popular and everybody else thought they were good. So I had, now I had to develop the level of esteem to do that. So across different uh, different channels, whether it was work or life or whatever, I I never had a problem with those things because it was built me it built me up from when I was young mm. by my environment. So I don't know. Mm, interesting, because I was thinking that a huge part of what defines you from a esteem perspective is my favorite word, trauma. And any time you hear a story of self-esteem or arrogance or confidence, you're going to hear a story about trauma. And so I'm always listening out for where was the trauma mm. and how did you respond to that? And you find... Um, so one of the things we're talking about is people's perceptions of us. And I think any time you speak about trauma, you need to speak about empathy. Mm. And so for me, that, that's why I ask the question, do I really need to distinguish between self-confidence or arrogance or do I need to use empathy to understand the story behind what is it, whatever is presenting that's kind of where I sort of come from you know I'm more like I'm more interested in the story than the facade or the presentation yeah we're an environment where first impressions are the most important right so they're, they're, they're not going in with empathy when they meet you the first time they're sure. just like oh okay he's brash or she's brash or she's arrogant or she, you know, she thinks she's all that or he thinks is this. And from your saying, guys and their arrogance, mm. um, it's it's just those things. Because it probably is a first impression that you get from guys or probably from interacting with them over a period of time before you know their story and how they got there. Yeah, oh, 100%. It's like that first five-second rule. Yeah, oh, five-second rule. <laughs> Jesus well, Christ. <laughs> You know it. It's short. Maybe it's very short. Yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously it depends on who you are and like what you value to go past that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. a lot of, I think, and mind you, that's the expectations of society as well on guys. So mm. they can't be like telling you a whole life story and trauma really until yeah. they so later Just, just tell us again well. what the social expectation is of guys. Uh, you know, they got to be confident. They've got to like, be blessed. Blessed and um, oh, wow. walking and yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like strong all the time Jesus. and you got to have the, the confidence. Yeah, yeah. Men, the don't, men don't cry. Yeah, that kind of energy. Yeah. So, But I definitely understand, like, I think trauma is like, it either affects your self-esteem so much. Yeah. Um, and how you rebuild from that is, I think, what you gain in confidence. Like the confidence that, for me, I gained is going through those experiences. Mm. But if if I tell you my life story, mm. um, or you look at the film, then you you can definitely tell like there were so many things that affected. See, wish, I wish we knew we would have watched this movie oh, before. Right? You can watch it after. Yeah, but we'll watch like, it after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's There's how no you build in it. This room. <laughs> Next thing you're going to open screen, up the laptop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Without the Kleenex. Yeah. yeah. I think, but, okay, so we're talking trauma, but we're also talking, like, um, like having gone through something and overcome it, that will give you confidence in life. Absolutely. Then, then you're not going to be feeling like, oh, it's not the worst thing because I think a lot of people are afraid of what will happen, the worst case scenario at all times. Hmm. So if you if that happens and you still come out of it on the other side and you come out even better, which is generally what happens, right? It's in in whatever, you, even if you're doing sport, like you do Jacob's Ladder, at some point, right? You <laughs> it hurts, yeah. but you, but you get stronger and stronger, yeah. and the more and the stronger you get, the more confident you. Yeah, you you become that just in general that translates across. So, well, it doesn't. It doesn't really about, huh? because it doesn't really. What do you mean? Most of the time, people that go through severe trauma or complex trauma come out with severe, severe. Yeah, issues. but you're so post traumatic stress disorder. You're talking trauma, and mm. I'm talking 
life. What's right? the difference? The difference is the perception of a situation, mm-hmm. right? And for a lot of people, I think it, uh, situations are tra- traumatic if you feel like it's only happening to you, right? So if I was in this society here where nobody beats their kids and I got beaten up, right? If I was a kid and I got beaten up, I would feel like it's the end of the world. But if I was in Africa and I see all kids getting beaten up all the time anywhere I go, I'm just like, I was naughty, right? So it's the perception and the perception becomes reality, right? But in Africa, I'm I'm not afraid of a fight because I've been in so many fights. So I'm not afraid. I with, can protect. With lions and shit. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I used no to beat lions. up bears and no lions. mountain lions. But it's like, I've, I've been in fights, so I know I can fight and I'm not worried about a if fight. I have to protect somebody uh, or I, a yeah. fight. I'm not, I'm not going to shrivel. So if you have never been in a fight, being in a fight could be a traumatic event when you're an adult, right? So, so the thing about trauma is, you know, it's very little to do with the actual event. So trauma, the impact of trauma is more about where do you go after the event? Do you have a soft place to fall? Mm. That's what makes the difference. So you and I can go through exactly the same experience. Mm-hmm. If you have a loving mom and a loving dad and you can go and you can cry and they can hold you and comfort you, yeah. your chances of coming out of that experience uh, without developing PTSD are a lot better than if you don't have that. So if mm. I go through an event and I've got no one to comfort me, yeah. I'm now running around with this stuff and it's going through my head and I'm ruminating and I'm thinking about it over and over and over. But there's no place for me to kind of unleash that. Yeah, That's what causes the difference. So, the, you know, PTSD, I suppose trauma is studied a lot among the vet, vet, vet vets, veterinarians, yeah, 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 yeah. the people that go to war, the veterans, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they all experience the same thing. And the difference is usually about when I come home, do I have a kid and a wife that's going to lick my wounds or do I not? And the people that don't are the people that suffer. Yeah. Mm. I guess if we, if we look at from back home, um, you get whooped by your parents and then <laughs> life goes on. <laughs> but you have parents that whoop you and tell you, I'm whooping you because I love you. Yeah. And they'll hug you and they'll comfort you after the fact. And or, you know what's funny? And then later yeah. on you decide, you're like, oh man, getting whooped is love. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, I, I never thought it was love. <laughs> I knew I knew exactly why I was getting whooped. And I knew before I do this thing, if I get caught, I'm going to get whooped. For picking up chicks in the dark. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> primary school kids. <laughs> primary school kids, yeah. Primary, exactly. I, I was in primary school. I wasn't doing anything with this girl. But that's a good point. You should have qualified that. You went yeah. to a primary school to pick up a chick. No, no, I was in primary school too. Oh, okay, okay. oh man, you look trying to R. Kelly me. All up right, in R. Kelly. This is, oh Lord, Edmund. No, I was in. We was in the same class. Okay, okay. that's that's a good. I'm not, qualification. Ne- I'm not calling out her name. You, I know this. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying <laughs> okay. we, we've been, been through that. Otherwise. Yeah, I know. We always get in trouble. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that, that had nothing to do with me. I thought she was nice. Not after my brother said it was <laughs> it was a dark affair, but yes. Yeah, a dark affair. Oh, oh man. my gosh. Next level. Talk about trauma. But uh, yeah, so from there, that's, that's what I'm saying. So when you're in Africa and your parents whoop you and they... And life goes on. And then you grow up and you, you're raised with that. Oh, you've got to be strong. You can't, you can't cry and you can't do this. And men are protectors and they're providers and do all of this stuff, which is the stuff that we grow up with. But then you come here and it's the total opposite. Mm. Men are supposed to cry. Boys are supposed to do all this stuff. Boys can play with dolls too and all this. And it's, it's a totally different landscape. You're like, yo, man. So much freedom. Yeah, I don't know if I call it freedom though. <laughs> oh really? Nah. It's like you can you can be whoever you want. No rules. Yeah. Whereas yeah. back home it's like, nope. You have to yeah. do this. Yeah. <laughs> you have to you have to stay in this little box here. Mm. But I, I know why they do that though. 
they do that because you have the level of freedom you have when you're an adult. When you're older, you can do whatever you want. When you're a kid... In Africa or here? Well, in Africa, I think. Because I'll speak for my family. For guys or for <laughs> girls? Oi. Yeah, look out. We Oy, don't worry man. about the girls. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's right. I'm moving now. <laughs> nah, I know. I know, yeah. But that's why you're here, right? I'll speak from the... from. My experience of being a guy, you speak from your experience of being a girl in both Africa and here, and Gome can speak for the non-binary people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the <laughs> polyamorous, yeah, polyamorous, everything else in between, yeah, and, 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 and everything else, all the nuances. Yeah, so it's like I feel like when you when you're raised and you come here and you're now experiencing that, I. I, I'm starting to think there's a level of, of, of trauma that we go through to adjust because there's a, a lot of, uh, there's a lack of understanding for why we think the way we think with no empathy and no, mm-hmm. no, no sitting and thinking, okay, but so how did you get to this level of, of, of thought and how does it work and how does it translate in, in everyday life? We're judged and told to do the other thing, mm. which is... Like, uh, it's hard. So. But that that is so true. And, you know, so you've shared a bit about your story, for example, with your brothers. Yeah. And observing them kind of interact with women and having gone through that experience of, you know, chatting in the dark. And having ha- having <laughs> to kind of uh, figure out a way to manage that so that you're not shamed again. Mm. And you yeah. build a certain level of confidence. You build a certain level of, I suppose, um, a skill set in terms of how you can talk to women. No, I still don't know pe- that, though. Oh, yeah, you do. If people don't have empathy and people don't take the time to understand the story, mm. all that can appear like is he's just a player. He's, you know, he's mm. got these skills. And so someone looking from the outside in, yeah. and I hear this all the time, African guys are players. And I'm like, well, are they? Or is it is this something about how they've been raised, I mean, some stuff they've gone through that has given them the ability to speak to women? Maybe the, the fathers were at work all the time and so they grew up with their mums and so they've become accustomed to being with women and they're very good at it. Mm. Um, whereas over here, uh, you know, you may have mum and dad at home all the time, so, you know. Yeah, I guess, yeah, that's true. I don't, I don't know what it's like going to high school here. And the interactions between boys and girls. I think it depends on like year and nine and ten is horrible age. It's like you yeah. know, you've got puberty hitting and you don't know whether you like that guy or not. It's just yeah. it's a yeah, lot yeah. of drama. So you don't you know what's happening to your guy. body. Uh, well, I didn't speak the language, <laughs> no, <I'm> so <laughs> <laughs> I was at a disadvantage at this one. Yeah. Um, I I really actually didn't date until after high school. So were you um, at all? I lost the question. Were you were you attracted to 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 like the Australian boys when you came uh, here? Do you mean Caucasian guys? Yes. Uh, Great question. Very good question. Mm. Um, yes and no, and okay. I say this in a, the best possible way. Yeah. Is that I always looked at can they um, relate to me? Ah, right. And so where I was growing up, I think the life experience that they had was very much like they grew up in Australia, haven't really left the country. Mm. So for me, it was like, yeah, cool, they're pretty, but like <laughs> there yeah, was pretty. nothing else, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 okay. Um, so yes, yes, in that sense, no, because I, I, I knew I wanted like, yeah, somebody that sort of a little more life experience and diversity and can handle, understands, trauma-informed yeah. At 14, um, you're looking for a trauma-informed gentleman? I know, I was very <laughs> ambitious, no. I was busy surviving, guys. Yeah, that's like true. School, friends, yeah. language. Yeah. Um, I was busy yeah. <laughs> with life. That would be a lot, though. But I, 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 didn't, I think I went the opposite. I just went quiet. Like, I didn't really date. I didn't put myself out there. Like, trauma response mm. was like, mm. because there was no safe space or place that you, you, you were understood or, like, because you're so different physically 
as well as with the experiences that there was no room. I didn't feel like there was room. So what I did was entirely just like chuck that on the side. Mm. Yeah. And just like just focus on the focus books. on everything, learn to swim, like everything yeah. like yeah. you can yeah. get yeah. on. Yeah. So I can immerse myself. And then eventually I did. Yeah. But then when you get to like a young adult, it bubbles up again where you know, you know that you're not really from there either. Yeah. So yeah. then yeah. 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 you have to go through that journey. But yeah, I I stayed away from dating for a, a while. Oh, okay. I liked guys. Yeah. I don't think I even tell them that I liked. Uh, there was nothing. I just stayed quiet, and then it was later I actually like opened that. You were like, "Yo, uh, I like you." Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah From, no. I'll just be like, <laughs> "I see you." <laughs> okay. 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 Right. Well, well, I guess. You know, you had to you had to get moving somehow at at some point, and that's but that's so. Your esteem. When did it change? When you when you could speak English, and you can interact, or is that why you gave me confidence a hundred percent? Because then when I you learned how to swim, when I when I learned to swim, guys, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah. I started at stage one, like with six years old Australian. Oh wow! So it was and very humbling you're, you're, experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very humbling. There was like this, this, and then there was me. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, skills like that help you to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, a hundred percent. And then like I'm a go getter myself. Like yeah, I was yeah, mentioning yeah. that to you. Like I had to be because life didn't really come to like you know what I mean. I have to go yeah. and get yeah, it yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than if I waited, I don't think it would happen. So so, so essentially, you became a, a, a hunter gatherer. It's kind of yeah. So do you, is, <laughs> I was like, when you put it that necessity? way, no, no, but that, but no, but that's what it is, well, right? When you're when you start doing those things, it's it's almost like I don't need a guy to do this stuff for me. I can go and do it myself. Now, is is that um, that's that's what translated from you? Were you trying to be like really good at sports when you were a kid to get social acceptance? I it's quite kind of funny. I actually didn't do that. Like I was good at running. Like yeah. and I was from Ethiopia. And, and it's funny because I was Dusting like back home I was like average. Back home I yeah. was literally average. I don't think I've ever won any race. Yeah. And then when I came here and it was like smashed out. Killing so it. I was like, cool. Like that probably helped. Yeah. Um it's funny it was socially I was quite confident. Um I've I have been for a long time but maybe expressing my opinions not so much yeah but to be able to make friends like i had friends four friends like day one that i was there all right and, um because so, i was in orphanage for four years as well where i had to share my space with like over 100 kids yeah yeah you got to yeah. learn to maneuver to around yeah, that yeah, yeah, so yeah, i yeah. think i was quite like good at that yeah but in terms of like People like really knowing what's going on, probably not. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. I had to navigate through that, and that's where real confidence is. I I I don't think I'm boisterous personally, but I think I'm quietly confident. Ah, uh, okay. Um, which is, yeah, it can be like interesting concept to think about. Yeah, true. So, um, especially because you're confident, and then you're a hunter gatherer. <laughs> Well, look, oh, we do what we do things. to survive, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like when you survive, you just got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. Come on, yeah. counsellor, back me up. <laughs> yeah, Survival <okay>. modes. <laughs> yep, no one's bringing the uh, the food to you in the cave, so you got to go out and get it. Exactly. True. There's nobody there to fend you. That's, it's funny. You People say that, like, um, this might be a bit off topic, but no. they say about independent women, like, yeah. it bothers me that. So many people say, oh, you're so independent. You don't need no man. It's like, for me, especially with African mm. women, they say that a lot. And I, I get so annoyed by it because I go, there was actually nobody for them. They've learned that skill mm. to survive. So, like, they were instantly, maybe with the West as well, they're actually judged by that as an outcome. It's like, look at you. But they've actually didn't know that they didn't have their dad or the family yeah. environment that they grew up in is like such a lack for their experience and why they do that. That's true. I think there's, there's those so ones mm. and then there's those that have been turned by the WhatsApp group. That what is that? <laughs> uh -oh. What? Uh -oh. Feminists. Oh, okay. We call it the WhatsApp group so we don't get into trouble. But... Uh, 
So you reckon there's a difference between that and then? Yeah, 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 for sure. I think if you if you're doing it out of necessity, mm. um, then obviously you get into a pattern and it it actually becomes very easy for you to do the things mm. you do and achieve stuff. But if you're doing it because you believe you don't need a man and you can do everything mm. men can do, then that's also a totally different scenario. But I think on on both levels, I think it's not for for me anyway. Um, I don't. I don't think I'll speak for some men, and and God will speak <laughs> for the non-binary. The <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm only kidding. I'll speak for the good men. Yeah, but <laughs> as I get older, I, I don't. I don't understand the concept of uh, an independent woman, and I and I'm not sure if independent women actually like being independent women and whether that's the best use of their time but maybe you can help me with this <laughs> because <laughs> I, I I look at it and I think but because it's not easy for us to do what we do mm. so I'm, I'm I'm wondering why you'd want to put yourself in that scenario mm. because we're raised that way and we're told this is what you've got to do so that's why we pursue it and we'll fight and it's hard and, it, you know, we'll fight the world, come home and expect a soft place to land. But then the people that don't have to do it are saying, yeah, but I want to do that too. And I, I, don't, I don't see the need for it. It's like I'm designed to do this. I want to do it because that will make me. So being a good man, I can tell you. Because of the way. No, no I'm the not saying I'm a good did man. You say that? I'm not saying I'm a good man. But my measure of being a good man is what my dad told me I had to do mm. as man. So I have to provide, I have to do this, I have to... If I do those things, I feel that level of esteem go up and I feel like, yeah, I'm that guy. But then if, if that's taken away, I'm kind of wondering what the, what the benefit is. Because I, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I think society is like the roles have ch changed and so many like people can work now. Like if you look at partnership back in the day mm. without sounding like ages ago, <laughs> without sounding really old. No. Back <laughs> um, in the 60s. Back in the <laughs> 60s, you know, like that, that was very like um, accepted and normalized. Like, yeah. you know, the women didn't have opportunities. They weren't really expected to go out. They were more family focused. I think our society now is like, especially the West, is moving away from family mm. um, and m moving away to a different norm. To an individualistic. Self. More individualistic, more personal rights over community rights. So all of those things contribute to that. Um, mm. I do understand from what I was saying previously, some people, it's the second nature because of the home that they were brought up in or yeah. the family function and that trauma. Um, and that takes a lot for them to adjust and yeah. um, being judged by society of men. Um, I think it actually encouraged them to stay there personally yeah. because that gives them attention and go, oh, like, this is the only way people are going to accept me if I am actually aggressive or if I am independent. So they wear that mask for longer. Yep. Um, so I don't know if I'm answering your question. I think you are um, to a to a certain extent, um, but I I get it because it's. Um, I think you would you would speak from necessity, right? You you had to. Do I, it. From my personal experience, yeah. it's necessity. Yeah. Like I yeah, it's like I became an orphan at nine, so yeah. you have to fend for yourself, you especially emotionally. Yeah. Um, and even family didn't come through, so it's like. It's a second nature, but yeah. I'm relearning that. But that takes a long time, like, as you know, and mm -hmm. it's like you have to surround yourself and actually have a real role models, like good role models, mm. which I think, again, I don't see a lot of that. Pe being mm. intentional and compassionate and empathous, uh, like have empathy um, for people that come from that background. I think it's so easy to just label and run. Mm. Um, but true. if we, as community, like... Um, it, it's funny because I get that from people generally. I yeah. am independent. Mm -hmm. um, but I also get that from my community. It's like I'm too opinionated, too white, some other labels that they have as well. Yeah, that's what I was um, 
So <laughs> that could be, you know what I mean? Is that what you're thinking? No, no, yeah, because no, no. they'll say something and then they're no. like, well, no, we don't say it that no. way or yeah. you don't speak like that. There's social norms that I'm obviously removed from. I think from the people um, in this room, we've all experienced what you're that, saying yeah. on certain degrees, or certain levels. Like, mm. Or you sound different or you do this. Mm. Or they, you look there's different. A, the, yeah, there's a level of arrogance that they feel like you have. Mm. A, and that's um, because you speak different. Mm. Or... You look different. Yeah, they have an inferiority complex based on a scenario and you fit that description and therefore they look at you and they judge and say whatever they're saying. So mm. I think that's I, why self-esteem is very important, having a healthy self-esteem. It is. And I and I, I think you can build it because I th- the part where we're talking and I think we've touched on certain things is that you can build it from, mm. from actually... Um, doing difficult things and achieving them. Also, I mean, socially, just being good at sport and everybody wanting you to participate in their teams or do all the stuff and they, you know, they, they bring you to interact with them. That could, that could be something big too, um, which is if you're a migrant coming here and you're – I remember coming and I was good at golf – uh, and I could, I could play soccer at the time and I went to Notre Dame University. I was thinking that's my in. Mm. I thought once I get there, I find the soccer team, find the golf team or find a golf course. Once I'm doing that, I could play for the school or the uni and that's going to bring all of that. But that wasn't there. Mm. And that caused, a, it caused me a little bit of, like I was like, so, so what am I going to do? So... So my issue, and I think that's why I kind of had an immediate reaction to the topic around self-esteem, yeah. is I think we've, we perpetuate the, this whole individualism by talking anything that has to do with self, self-actualization, self-esteem, self-this, self-that. And I think part of the problem for me is that this is kind of an ideal, if you like, in my mind, and the ideal is always other-centred. And the minute we start talking about self-esteem or self-actualization or self-whatever the self-thing is, mm-hmm. it becomes about me. And that's my problem is we're creating a, a, a culture that's full of narcissists that are so focused on me, 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 self, 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 self. So I think in terms of what a good man is, what a good person is in general, for me the idea is always to be kind of other-centered. You know, so it's not about me being comfortable with the fact that I'm being picked um, first in a in a game, um, but it's about thinking about who, how do I interact with a person that's being picked last? How do I, you know, how do I build them up? How do I, am I considerate of that person? Am I considerate of a person that is not so blessed? Is you know is is from a societal perspective, 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 mm-hmm. you know, they're considered lower than the others. How, I, how am I building that person up? How am I interacting with that person? When I see those kind of people, those are the kind of people I want to hang out with. Those are the kind of people I like. Those are the kind of people I subscribe to. Those are the kind of people I, I kind of, when you speak of role models, those are the kind of people that I want to model my sort of life after. That's That's kind of... For me, what a good man is. I don't yeah. care whether you cook or you don't cook or you wash dishes. No, but it's about how do you build up the people in society that are not you. as popular, so, not as well. So when we started, I was talking about culture and where you're from. And in, in our cultures, obviously, you're, you're worth as much as you contribute. Right? So what you do and you look at the wider picture, you're... I have a nephew that's coming to live with me from Africa, and when next year, whose room is he gonna? Hang on, you're getting what's going on here? Yeah, so it's uh, but it's 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 a responsibility that I feel like I need to take on because I need to. This is part of my role in life to do those things. But when I, when I say from a me perspective, like we were talking before, because we're in a society that's individualistic and that approach for a lot of people is giving them a level of 
they don't they don't know where they fit in because there's no community for them to be in. So mm -hmm. their self esteem is going down, 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 down. So I'm saying for your own intents and purposes, once you're 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 good at something, you'll get people now listening to you and involving you. And then you can do all of those things and bring up the other people that are yep. that are not getting involved. But if you can't get in, you can't how are you gonna help somebody else? I think you can shift culture. Like I think that's important for you to be able to be happy for other people mm. and for you to actually put yourself aside. I think it requires you to have a secure sense of self mm. that you're not threatened by other people. Mm. Um so and I think I, I agree with you. I actually gravitate to people that are real. Yeah. I don't like fake. I don't like, you know, um, self-centeredness. It's more like, okay, how are they helping other people outside? Mm. Because that's when we do. That's what actually change we see. Um, but for that to happen, there's got to be caringness. And like, and that can be seen as a weakness as well and um, something that's not valued. If we talk about society, especially in high school, it's all about your status, external things. It's not mm. so much your character mm. and how you actually treat people. Mm. Um, but we know, though, how we treat people is essentially, like, it gives you mu much more purpose and a sense of, like, strong sense of self. Um, but status come and go. For me, I have to be careful. What I do doesn't define me 100% because mm. I'm not always going to be doing Love that. It. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, and I have to be realistic about that. Mm -hmm. If I, all who I am is dependent on what I do, going to be taken away in a minute and who am I so I want to make sure that I'm actually a person of very integrity. Big kindness integrity mm. and so on um yeah. so yeah it's it's very important Love but it. I think people don't really focus on who you are as a character I've noticed mm. the external stuff is what people seems to get you to a it, short yeah. term yeah clarification but really you should be looking at character no that's that's true but there's there's a double layer to that because of the environment we live in. So are we expecting society to change to us or are we going to get in somehow and then start to, to make changes? So for the people, I think we can agree that the people in this room are, have a level of self-esteem that's high enough for, for them to, to feel like they can do those things. But there's also people now that have come into this country and are struggling right now and are thinking, how do I navigate this new land? And the individualistic society that I'm in, how can I get myself to a level where I can survive for now before I start thinking about helping other people? How do I navigate this? And the first, I think, is realizing that it is an individualistic society that's very materialistic and fickle, right? So materialistic not in money but in external this muscles this 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 all of those things make a lot of sense here uh in terms of how people interact with you and you know whether you got dreadlocks or you don't it's it's all so got me brown yeah it's, it's it, you know it's 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 the vibe yeah yeah but in Africa, when you've got dreadlocks, they think you're smoking weed, and every your all your family members are like, "No, you got something's going to be done over there." He's, he's losing his way. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing is, you know, when we speak about empathy, it has to go both ways. You know, we we can't expect people to empathize with us without us doing the same. So, I think even for migrants coming here, there's got to be a sense of trying to understand why this culture is individualistic rather than always expecting them to understand us. Uh, you know, there's, there's kind of a, a sense in which you assimilate better when you understand other people as well. So, That's you true. know, can, for, can, me, for can, me going to high school in Sydney, it wasn't very individualistic. Um, it was very communal. It was very multicultural. Um, but certainly in Perth, it's very, very different. You know, mm. it's... It's just uh, very Anglo-Saxon, if you like. And yeah. so you know, I, you I struggled to assimilate into this culture in Perth, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's Australian. I think, I think there's something very unique about the WA culture mm. that is not shared across, across Australia. I think if you're going into a multicultural environment, 
your experience is not Australian. It's it's an Australian multicultural environment. But when you're in Perth here, because it's only in the later years that African communities and people started turning up here. So they're used to it. They're set in their ways on how they do things and they they have their neighborhoods and they, they do, it just keeps going in that, in that kind of setup. So when you come, you actually see it's the Australian experience for sure because they come here and they... I've seen it even with how they treat international students when they come here. They never think these guys... Um, are here for anything other than the Australian experience. Mm. So they push them into the Australian experience not knowing what that translates to in there. If 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 I tell you I'm inviting you to a barbecue, which is what they do at the unis or not the, the, at some hey. schools. Hey. God, hey. Hey, edit. Yeah, Fired. let it go. Fired. <laughs> Fired. No, oh, not, not the yeah. unis, but Every a lot of the... The institutions will do something, and it's like a uh, a sausage sizzle. Now, I'm, what I'm saying here is not is nothing I haven't said to the institutions themselves because I do a lot of speaking at the institutions. But it's the same thing. So, if I if you go to a sausage sizzle and I say I'm inviting you to a barbecue, and it's a sausage sizzle, first of all, it's only a sausage and a bun. And then second, you've got to pay for the drink or whatever it is, or you're paying two dollars for this thing. That is a terrible barbecue, right? If if you hosted a barbecue like that back home, you nobody would ever talk to you again. You can't. It's got to be meat, chicken, all of this stuff, which is what I expected when I went to the barbecue the first time. And so I speak my my experience, but also other international students' experience. It's <laughs> like a two dollar sausage. Yeah, <laughs> you get. But see, that's very Perth. That's Perth. If you yes. go to Sydney. And they invite you to a barbecue. Mm-hmm. I guarantee there's going to be gyros, there's going to be lamb, there's going to be chicken. Because it's, yeah, but that's it's very multicultural. Mul- that's multicultural but that's Australia. Australia. But that's Australia no. over east. Yes, it is. It's go to Melbourne, go to Sydney. parts of Australia over it. That's why I'm saying we can't generalise and say Australia is like this. We can say our experience in Perth is like this, but it's not the same over east. I guarantee. I got an Aussie house, Greek house, Italian house in Sydney. I'm getting fed. I'm walking out of there with a food coma. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think for international students, like I, I have so much respect. First of all, mm. like coming alone, I can't even imagine it. But the biggest thing I think Thanks. they should know. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. A lot of respect. Solidarity <laughs> on that one. <laughs> for <Yeah>. the viewers. <laughs> um, I think they should know that they're not alone. That's the first thing. Mm. It's actually recognize they're not alone in this experience. So many people actually go through it. Um, and recognize the biggest thing I think for me where a switch is like, what do I offer mm. this society? Mm. It's literally, that's, that's what for me, it changed me from life happened to me to now I'm going to make life happen. Yeah, It's like, mm. what's the qualities, the experiences that are valid? I know we're coming into a society where experiences aren't as valid. They're more about books and so on. Mm-hmm. But there's something about your experience that brings a dynamic that they're not even aware of it. Yeah, that's true. So if you're confident and carry that through, um, I think you will find it a little bit easier. It is harder initially yeah. But I believe, I actually am, um, call me crazy, but I believe that you can create your own community. Like, I had to learn to create my own community because initially at 18, I was like, my people, man, I've spent so much time with white Caucasian Australians where I didn't speak my language. Jeez, I forgot I my language. Yeah. Then, like, I moved to Perth and I saw, like, these habishes. And I was yeah. like, whoa, like, this is so cool. Like, we're the same. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah. long after I figured out we were not. You weren't the, the same. same. <laughs> <laughs> they were looking at you like. And then ah, they go, yeah, yeah. they're like, oh, a <laughs> little bit of flavor. You've yeah, gone yeah. too far on the side, and it was like I remember like going, man, where do I fit in this? Like, mm. what's what's my middle ground? Like, what do I do with everything that I've got on my plate? The moment that you get taken out of your country, you're never the same. Like literally, that that's the fact of it, and yeah. that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you can use it for good. So for me, I go, go and meet, meet your people. Like there's like-minded people out there. Mm. Be proactive in it and know that you've got something to offer. That's it, yeah. 
I dedicated the last five years of my my experience in Perth um, helping international students realize those things and talking to them and t showing them the way and showing them the path of how you, this is how you move from this point to that point and this is how you can get your dreams come true and all of this stuff. It's It's almost a thankless job because it's, if you're if you're doing it for five people or ten people or twenty people, it's okay. When you're doing it for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, it's it's very exhausting mm. and it's it's thankless. But if you do it for the for the thank you, you're you're gonna struggle. You just have to do it for because it's who you who you are and that's your personality and you get pleasure and 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 grati gratification from the fact that you've helped people. <laughs> <laughs> now we're getting pleasure and gratification <laughs> from, <laughs> from international <laughs> students. <laughs> you got a hundred of them. How can you say that comment? You I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah? No, but you're I think you're you're absolutely bang on. It goes back to what you said, Massey initially was passion. You know, if you're passionate about it and you do it from that place, because you're right, it's, I, th I think everything we do, mm. all three of us is, you know, if you're in it for the money or you're in it to get thank yous and to be praised yeah. or to be seen, yeah. you know, you'll burn out very quickly. Yeah. yeah. You'll, you'll realise quickly that people aren't, aren't going to be giving you that. No. And then when you see those people that, that followed your footsteps, opening that space oh that's where i get so excited yeah, <laughs> it's like because i think one person you look at yourself and go man if i do it all it's not going to go very far but if there's ways that you have six people that you invest solely and that they invest into six people then it's a rapid effect as well yeah um but i think service definitely builds our self-esteem 100 percent but we can't, like, I love that you get to change, you know, with counselling. You get to change your story, rewire your experiences. Yeah. And and that's the best mm. part I think people don't understand, don't see or can't comprehend. It's like you actually have the opportunity to rewrite whatever you come from. And I'm, like, a big advocate for that because look mm. at my story so far. And it's like a lot of work has gone to the person that I am. Yeah. It's, I've also used those things to make, as a pillar of strength, like the resilience that I have, if I don't go through, yeah, like yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. be that much. So, I think international students, like you're coming and you're in this, you know, world that you're not familiar at all, and like give yourself some grace, like, yeah, <laughs> and true. you know, mm. it's just like it's it's normal. Give yourself space to learn, yeah, uh, and your confidence will build up after you see, you know, you see someone first day and then you see them like fourth year it's massive like, yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a real it's a real big difference for those yeah. that 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 manage to stay and go yeah. through yeah. emotions yeah. Yeah. and so sometimes what do you do then like the people that are like struggling yeah so what kind of support the conversation with them pleasure and gratification i happen to be very good at doing this but no 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 <laughs> You guys are taking Practiced. me off that. Yeah, what's, what's wrong with you people? Anyway, so at the end of the day, it's it's assuring them that this place will give them the opportunity if they decide what they want to do and they go for it. Mm. So the first thing is goal setting. And once, you, once they set the goal, then we work backwards and I show them exactly how to achieve it. Mm. And I introduce them to mentors and I also... Um, I'm with them every step of the way. Teach them how to network, um, take them to the next level, watch them blossom, and then you know just keep them going. Get them a, a proper resume, help them find that first job, teach them how to keep the job. Um, just all those things that are very Australian because a lot of what they know, this place is the exact opposite. You know, so they have to understand this place first. And then, mm. then we learn how to, because it's a lot of things. I think if you're, my experience with the international students, even the African girls, when they come here and they're in a university 
And I'm not talking about, I'm not <laughs> talking about dating Speak the girls. <laughs> I'm not talking about dating the girls, right? So I'm talking about my experience with the international students. Yeah, go on. They've been... At least it's not primary school children. He's going up to now. It's the rest of life. Oh, Lord have mercy. Maturity. So when they come from an environment where they get, you know, chatted up all the time, anywhere, all that stuff, that that's part of... You know, they don't like it, but it's part of how they feel beautiful and, and the rest of the stuff. But when they come here and it doesn't happen at all, it's a huge drop in their self-esteem, especially when they're in an environment where they, they've, they've come with that expectation without knowing. Mm. And then they come into an environment where it's not there. And even some of the, the African boys prefer white girls. And it's the first time in their... <laughs> in their in, they're experiencing this. So mm. in that, their self-esteem really goes down. Yeah. And uh, But it's just that they don't understand this place. Now, mm. couple that with the fact that you go to school and the Australians expect you to talk to them before. Yeah, there's a lot of cultural. Yeah, cultural it's, a, it's a whole thing. So train, you, you yeah. feel like the boys don't like us, the people in my class don't like me, and then... I've got to call this teacher by her first name. I'm used to it. I can't, it's so far away from my culture. Mm. So getting them to understand that, first of all, everything is the exact opposite here. People will make you comfortable if you make them comfortable in this place, which is, which is the weirdest thing, right? They're not looking at you thinking, oh, you're, you're a foreigner. I'll do this to make you comfortable. Welcome to Australia. They're watching your mannerisms and then they'll decide whether you, they interact with you or not. First they'll day of high school, yeah. when I got here, again, very different experience. So I'm listening to this, I'm going, wow, this is yeah. so different to my experience. First day of high school, I walked in, um, this little Greek kid, Steven Zagoras, shout out my boy. Um, he just came, grabbed me, sat me next to him and he says... I'm going to show you everything about this school. He took me out at recess, introduced me to all the Greek guys. Um, it's just so different. Like it was, yeah, uh, he was so welcoming. I know, taught me but some you're, you're Greek talking insults. A Greek kid came and did that, but he's Australian. He was well, born he's born Australian. here. He's the born. same with mine as well. His my parents school. wouldn't. Have, he was born here, but his parents have taught him something different. Now, his parents didn't come. here. They came from Greece, obviously, and they Greeks Greeks have a strong culture, so. That's they just one experience. I had plenty of experiences with multiple, mm. you know, the Caucasians were the, the same. They welcomed me equally. Uh, Craig, yeah. across okay. the road, Australian I kid. I was the same as well. Like yeah. the first, like I said to you, I met the principal and his daughter like before I went to school, uh, the day before my first day of school. Yeah. Um, and her friend, the group, like four of them, I'm still friends, I was bridesmaids for her and everything. Um, they took me on and I've never left that group they were just like they're translating like i remember even asking them to actually like it's funny like they walk so fast the first thing i noticed <laughs> that aussies walk really they fast yes and it's I not remember, a stroll it's exercise it's actually, yes. and i literally had so to true. ask yeah. them and i'm like guys like i can't keep up like we're supposed to be at lunch yeah and they were, um, I think the best that they could, like the, they showed me in the best way that they thought they knew and they, they didn't have any training in how to like you know, mm. understand my culture and I didn't know how to let them in and actually explain it. So it's so it's kind of both ways, I think, but if you can find somebody that has actually gone through it, um, that can definitely help. Um, yeah, I guess it's, mm. you yeah. know, if you, if you go into a... Let's just call it a Western suburb school, and it's Little private, mm. and it's and it's all this. They have their own little ways of doing things. Mm. My experience is Notre Dame, and they mm. they come from the Mosman Park. All the Dalkeith, parents are part of the boating right? club. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So it's a different if it's a different setup, and it's a different experience you get from. Mm when you're there they're not really interested or no it's, it, it's they, they have no use no. for bringing you into their circle no they, they you're right. yeah netherlands would be so different yeah. notre dame would be very different yeah Apple so, cross would be very different yes. yeah exactly right <laughs> so it's just it's 
that's like I'm saying it's pockets now. If you're in a multicultural environment, I wasn't. Yeah. I was no, literally no, for the you, only no. few family that yeah. were black. Actually, it's four of us as far as I knew, and there was one other family, and that was it. And we had white parents. Yeah. So, mm. like on the soccer, like when we were playing soccer, like I remember my sister would be like, "Mom," and then people would be like looking around <laughs> to <laughs> find her mom, and then my mom was like, "Yeah." <laughs> um, but I think you know, <laughs> what in the blackness is going on here? <laughs> Jesus. It is, uh, yeah, confusing experience. Very confused <laughs> as wow. a child. But I think Australian system is not designed for multiculturalism yet. Yes, I, yet. I agree with you on that, but on that particular situation. We are making way. We are moving forward. And I think for that to happen, we need to own our space as much as. And I think I speak a lot about trauma, and we speak about tra- trauma with this kind of negative connotation but I think what we're speaking to today is what I love about trauma the most which is post-traumatic growth and there's always opportunity for growth mm. your yeah. experience is a is a perfect example of growth what Daniel's talking about about the kids that come in and they pursue and yeah, they persist through all the challenges and you know you see the success you see them blossom mm. um, those are stories of post-traumatic growth um, and I love I love those. Love, love, hey. love, 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 love stories. So it is we brought possible. It, yeah, we it brought is. it back around and there we go. Yeah. That was episode what, Gomez? I'm going to say five. Yeah, five, okay. Episode see. five of Voice of the International Community Experience. And thank you so much for our lovely co-host for the day. We might have to make this permanent. <laughs> yeah, uh, good having you on board. Yeah, yeah Mazaret Cohen. Uh, how do you how do you call it short? Marcy. Marcy. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. It's been so fun. Yeah. Like, well. Love the conversation. Come back. Take come us back out, whenever deep. you can. All right. So, yep, that was episode five of Voice of the International Community Experience. Uh, and we're out. Peace.